Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech-language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So, put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life. Good morning, everybody. My name is Jennifer to discuss support and resources, whether you're a stroke survivor, a family member caring for a stroke survivor, if your loved one has dementia, and or you are an adult child caring for one of your parents or another family member, and you don't know where to start. So we will welcome Kim and Mike here in just a second and we will hear their story and give you guys some good takeaways and resources that you can depend on. What's really exciting is that they are reaching folks across the 50 states, maybe even internationally, but they've got, last I looked, more than 5,000 folks on your website. So let's welcome Kim and Mike and let's go here. Thank you so much for coming in today. We are so glad to be with you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, you guys are great. So I have to say, I, I'm trying to rise to the challenge. They were professional <laughs> TV personalities, and I'm just practicing, but I'm still, you guys are gracious, and thank you for your time. You're sweet. Thank you. Tell us how you got into parenting aging parents. What what did that how did that evolve? We were, we were not, we were definitely not sitting around going, Hmm, we right. don't have a project. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was, it, yeah. this really came from our own experiences. Yeah. I kind of get the blame or the credit depending on how you want to look at it. My mom has Alzheimer's and as you know, Alzheimer's is not an overnight type of disease. And she started showing signs of it. And, and, and my sister and I talked to my dad about mm. you should move out of the house and move into independent living. And we, we went through that whole process. And after they went to independent living, they were there for a couple of years. And mom's Alzheimer's was getting worse. And it was not only hard on her, it was hard on my dad, taking care of her 24-7, even though they had meals served to them, you know, going mm. down to the cafeteria. It was still tough on him. So we, we talked to him again, said, mom really needs to move to memory care. Now, not today. Not tomorrow, but but pretty soon, just because it's going to send her to an early grave and you to an early grave if you keep trying to take care of her. And he was very nice about it and said, I trust you. Y'all are in charge. So no my, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, I, I mean, I think that was from Which, an emotional perspective. Yeah, right? Like he couldn't, he couldn't bear the fact of, I'm going to separate us. Yeah. You know, so, but and, he knew and that it was. It, it still took an, a year and a half for, for the whole process <laughs> to go through. That's another story. Yeah, right? that's yeah. all another story. But 
but my sister and I went and looked at four memory care places that were very close to the independent living place where they live up in the Dallas area. And I went in with the attitude like this is going to be easy. It's like looking for an apartment in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And let, let's make sure the closet is good enough because mom likes closets and, you know, that type of thing for, for her clothes. And I got in there and I was so overwhelmed because I didn't know what questions to ask. They started throwing all these acronyms out at me. And I'm like, whoa, what is this? I came home and told Kim, we need to start something to help people because I felt prepared and I was overwhelmed. So most people would really feel overwhelmed. So that's kind of where that was the that was planted the seed, yeah. I think. And then it took a little while. We were frankly pretty busy with our on-camera business during COVID. That was during COVID. And so we were pretty busy with that. And you know, there was a part of me too that at the time that I thought, oh gosh, that sounds kind of depressing to talk about some of those really, really hard things. And that and as it progressed over that next year, really, while they were the the discussions of, okay, it's almost time. Wait, not, let's wait a little bit longer for, for Mike's mom. Yeah. During that, that same process, that whole time frame, I was stepping in and helping my mom more who is single. So there's different challenges with that. She also lives in a different city than I do. She lives in Houston. And so there were those things that I was starting to step in and notice. Also, though, noticing with my friends that there was one of my good friends whose mom had brain surgery, another one whose mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's, and I didn't know about it because we don't talk about it. We don't think to so call and say, oh, hey, by the way, you know, how are your kids? How's work? Blah, blah, blah. And oh, by the way, mom has fill in the blank. And so what I started noticing is that it, it becomes very isolating because you feel like, oh, other people won't understand. They're probably not going through this. I don't want to burden this with them. Well, you because, don't want to talk about depressing things. Right. Yeah. It's normally not great news, yeah. you know, different than when we have children and we're you know wanting to share exciting things. And even when there are struggles with our kids, we can feel like things are going to get better. You know, we're going to get through the the, 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 you know, the terrible twos, we're going to get through the teenage years, we're going to get through these stages, because generally, it levels out, it gets better, where unfortunately, with this other stage, it's not always great news that gets better. And so long, long story short, is that, you know, while when they finally moved Mike's mom to memory care, Mike posted something on social media just to say, wow, this is really a hard day. And what I really noticed from, of course, the empathy that was expressed, what I really picked up on were the number of people who said, I am right there with you. I've already done that, or I see it coming in my future. And I turned to him and I said, you're right, which I don't say very often. <laughs> but she did yeah, that yeah, I did. I said, you're right. We should do something. And so that's where we just thought, okay, let's just kind of as an experiment, create this Facebook group and just see see what it does. Are other people interested in talking about it and being part of that conversation? So this month is two years. Yes. It's hard to believe. Yeah. I was, I was just on your Facebook page and I'm like, Oh, April. Well, it's perfect. You know, a whole two years in. Yes. What would you say are some of the lessons you've learned running this Facebook group? for two years. Yeah. For me personally, I went into it with the attitude of, because I have Kim to to bounce ideas off, to bounce emotional things off and to talk about different things that we've gone through with with our moms and even with my dad, because my dad had to have a pacemaker. He had COVID and was in the hospital, stuff Mm. like that. Just, just the the normal stuff. But I have Kim to, to, to bounce that off of. But so I went into it thinking, you know, people need information. I need information. I don't know the difference that well about Medicare and Medicaid. I don't Mm -hmm. know all the the different things about the legal stuff and making sure we have everything 
tied down. I don't know all that. So I want that information. So I thought, because Kim and I have such an experience doing interviews from our TV life that, okay, we'll do all these informational interviews with, mm -hmm. with experts to, to give you the information that you need. So I really thought that was going to be the, the added plus that we could, could share. Mm -hmm. But what found out what, what Kim figured out really quickly also was that people just felt so alone. Mm -hmm. And so one of the, one of the quick, quick comments that we had was, I'm so glad we have this group to go to because I felt so alone. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it as much because I don't talk to my friends that much about, about the troubles with my mom, but I talk to Kim mm -hmm. all the time. So I don't feel alone in that respect, but so many people keep it bottled up and don't have anyone to share it with, don't have anyone to ask for help with, mm -hmm. and that's what we're able to offer. Because even even when you have a very supportive spouse, they don't necessarily know the answers. They they yeah. can they can listen and be a great ear, but they don't necessarily have experience with different issues that you're going through. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we've noticed is that when I feel so strongly if, about the fact that if we talk about this subject as hard as it can be, we can help each other. We Absolutely. can we can. I have a little tidbit because I've had to go through my mom being scammed. If I can share one little tidbit that I learned from that, that might help somebody else that makes you feel so good. And, you know, Mike has great experiences from, you know, as his mom has progressed with his, with, with Alzheimer's and doesn't recognize him anymore. And how does he handle that? So with, with that collective wisdom is so powerful and so valuable. And I don't think people realize that they often have, Again, just just by sharing a funny story that 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 you know your mom said something quirky. There was something the other day that was just hilarious, and that just brings a little bit of levity and it brings a little bit of a realness, so that you don't feel I'm just in my own little world trying to figure out all these things by myself. I think the other thing that I've really noticed is the importance of preparation, and 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 having conversations before they're necessary even when they're really hard. And sometimes our parents don't want to talk about these subjects. And that's one of the things that I've seen that has been probably one of the, the things that causes the most stress for families and especially for adult children is yeah. parents that don't want to, don't want to share, don't want to talk about things and, and don't want help. And, and that's so hard because you don't, nobody wants to give up their independence. Right. So it's knowing how do you balance that and how do you approach that from the adult adult child's perspective to offer that help because we want to do what's best for our parents and what's best by our parents, but sometimes you have to push a little bit, which is hard. So, so much to unpack there because this <laughs> is, I, but it, these are the conversations we need to have and so let's see. So let's start with some of the legal stuff. I mean, we don't have to get into the weeds on this, but in mm -hmm. general, one thing I've been trying to share with my community is we need to have these conversations about durable power of attorney, medical power of attorney. What are your wishes? Mm -hmm. A will is not necessarily enough. That's right. You know, you need to trust. We both interviewed the same law firm here in, in Austin. Yeah, they're and I learned so much because we're going through many of these things actively right now with my mother-in-law. Yeah. And so taking what I was hearing as a professional mm -hmm. and then applying it personally, that is a whole other, yes, mm -hmm. yes. that is a whole other bag. And it's like, wait a minute, now I've got to find what document? Like, right. Right. Do you have it? Do you have originals mm -hmm. of some of these things? You mm -hmm. may have a, 
uh, durable power or a statutory power of attorney in place. But if you don't have an original, mm-hmm. you got to do it again. Well, and the, and the challenge, I think, with especially with the legal stuff is that by the time you need it, it might be too late. Right. Do you know what I mean? When you need to yes. implement that power of attorney, if your parent is not of sound mind anymore and can't right. sign off on that, yeah. you can't get one. And well, then you have to go through guardianship and blah, blah. It's just, you know, oh, my. Oh, yeah. There, there are so many other things you can catch up on, but but legal stuff again, like Kim said, yeah. if you need it, it's too late. Yeah, and and, and my, my dad even my my dad kind of joked about it in a nice way. It makes him feel better. He's been going to an Alzheimer's support group at a church near where he lives once a month, and he went to the one this month, and he came back and he calls me and he says, "Son, I, th- I felt so good going to that support group." I said, "Great, Dad." I said, "Yeah, you know they were talking about legal stuff, and they said." do you have a power of attorney? Who here has a power of attorney? There were about 20 people there. And he said, only about half the people raised their hand. I couldn't believe it. I was like, mm-hmm. good, dad, you're set. There you go. I'm glad you feel better. Mm-hmm. And he's advocating, right? He's like, he's leading by example. Exactly. And man, it's just great. And like, I talk to my friends now, you know, ones that I haven't talked to in a while. And I'm like, hey, by the way, do you have all this set up for your folks? Do you know where their trust is? Do you have... Blo- and we're oh, and we're starting the conversation. Yeah. And hope and I try and encourage them to share that with their other friends. Mm-hmm. You know, just put the bug in their in their ear so that they can start easing into that conversation. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I think that might be the, the one of the great positives, I think, by us having these conversations and us being more open about these kinds of things is that I do think that while we need to make sure our parents have all this in place, I think it's going to make our generation do better about having these things in place for our children at a much earlier age. Mm-hmm. You know, just so true. Sort of, sort of silly story. But, you know, when we started doing all of this and interviewing attorneys and you know learning more about powers of attorney and and all of that, we looked at each other and said, Huh. Interesting. We did a will when our son was born and it was the old floppy disk printout <laughs> thing. And you know, Wait, date- you're not dating yourself, are yeah, you? <laughs> if anybody knows, it, it worked. Plug- though. It worked. Yes, it did. But, but we realized that we had never updated it when our daughter was born and she's now in her 20s at the time and she's still in her 20s. So we realized Oh, Whoa. she's not actually in the will. Whoops. We should probably do something about that. But we didn't have powers of attorney no, then. We didn't. And so we, you know, we we that made us think, oh my gosh, as important as it is for us mm-hmm. to have these for our parents, we need to have these for ourselves. So we went and, you know, got all of the the will package, if you will, that we needed for uh, for us and also had our tw- our kids in their 20s do it as well because I think that you know, while, while a lot of families will get a, a power, a medical power of attorney for their kids when they go off to college, which is such a great thing, which yes. is so important to do, it, that that was the only thing we had. We didn't have a, a durable power of attorney. We didn't have all of the other things. And so, and and while you know, our our daughter doesn't necessarily need a will at this moment, our son who owns a house does. You know, so it, but it's just I think that we'll hopefully be better prepared as we get older. Maybe. Yeah. You know, the the problem is that there are so many things so many details to, to take care of. And mm-hmm. it's not like you have to do them all at, all at once in one day, but there's so many things. And I learned that from an early age from my dad, because when I was in junior high school, I guess I was in eighth grade, my grandfather had a stroke, my dad's dad. And it, it kind of changed things for us because my dad took more care of him, I guess you could say, to where as, as opposed to just visiting him every once in a while, because he lived in Dallas where we did. We saw him quite a bit to where my dad would go see him after work one night a week, every weekend, just about, we'd go drive up, pick up my granddad up, 
bring him back to our house and he'd have lunch or dinner with us either Saturday or Sunday. So mm -hmm. we were more active with him. But, but I still remember my dad still laughs about to this day. He did not know at the time because my granddad was 85 or so when this happened. My dad didn't realize that because he was a World War I veteran that he could have gotten VA benefits for years and years and years and never had. Mm -hmm. And finally, because when he went into the hospital because of the stroke and went through rehab, my dad found out about it and was able to, to get his VA stuff taken care of. And he had last, what, five years of his life. He had that to help him mm -hmm. out a little bit. But my dad hadn't thought about that. My dad was had taken care of other things because because of what my dad did with his his job. He was very proactive about wills and powers of attorney and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But it's still easy to forget other things. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, even for someone who was very prepared like my dad and someone who's mm -hmm. very prepared like Kim and I had been, but we still forgot about our daughter and my dad didn't realize about my, my grandfather's <clears throat> VA benefits. It's so easy to overlook these things because we're in the weeds about it. You know, we're, we're like, oh my gosh, we can't see everything because we're so busy with it. So being able to take a step back and maybe even getting some help from someone mm -hmm. who can take a step back and look and say, oh, have you thought about this? Mm -hmm. Or did you take care of that? That's where I think your community is so amazing because you all actively talk through that and you have the resource your the book that you can buy i actually have it here so i was going to pop it up on the screen let's see if i can oh thank you let's see if i can do it that that's the, that's the next thing oh now you get to see me big oh there we go oh there's what i was trying to do yes the caregiver's key can you tell us a little bit about this resource and you know how it benefits families this came out of really my need because because Mike's dad still manages all of you know their stuff, if mm -hmm. you will. Uh, but I'm doing more of that for my mom with doctor's appointments and you know have the doctor asking me, did she ha has she had a pneumonia vaccine? Has she had a single shingle shot? What's her blood type? You know all of those questions that she may not well blood type she knows but you know like <laughs> this, you know some of her records and things like that when did you have this procedure done or whatever she may not remember all of that so this really was kind of divide you know we developed because i have this file folder with all this these like right and it's probably sticky notes all of that and so we thought what what if we could put all of that information in one place where it lists you know where you can keep all that really important information from you know, do they have VA benefits? Ask, and it and it can prompt it can prompt questions. You know, who who is your financial planner? Do you have online accounts for your phone bill? Do you pay? You know, what bills well, do you pay online? What what vaccines have you had? What who, medications? Who mows your yard? Is there an alarm code in your house? Anything right. like that? So, all kinds so, of stuff to where yes. if if something happens to mom or dad and where they're in the hospital and you can't talk to them because they're they're out of it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm this has all the answers for you mm -hmm. because it's all these, all these things where, you know, if you don't know these things, like how do you pay your, your electric bill? Do you get it by mail or do you get it on email? Mm -hmm. How do you get into your email? They have things like that to where if mm -hmm. you have to do things, you're stuck if you don't have the answers. Mm -hmm. So we tried to just make it sort of really a workbook because you have to do the work. You have to fill it out, <laughs> you have to fill out. but we give all the prompts for the things that you might not be think have thought of and, and even the things you've thought of, just a safe place. You know, where actually is the will located if you needed it? So true. You know, those things. And it goes on to even, you know, last wishes 
and you know the the what kind of you know do you who has where's the deed to the where's the title to the car mm-hmm. uh, you know what are the next door neighbors names how do you get a hold of them you know just we tried to make it as comprehensive as possible so that you could have it just all in one place yeah. how would folks get this it is available on our website there's a spiral bound copy there's also a digital version that you can access through our website and we do have a, a paid membership and that's the digital version is something that they get as a bonus when they become a, a family member, if you will. Yeah, so everything's on our ways. website, parentingagingparents.com. Yes, wonderful. Oh, I just love it. I, I actually bought it quite a while ago. And and I'm like, oh, I gotta go find it this morning. <laughs> like, well, and, and, and we even have, you know, we've done, we've even had, you know, sold quite a few of them to the to the aging parent who wants to use it to fill out all the information and, and, and gift it, it really mm-hmm. to their kids because it really is such a gift to yeah. be able to provide all that information and keep track of it, to be able to give your children. And I think that we've had a couple people who've even shared that it made it easier to ask some of the questions of their parents because it was it was just sort of matter of fact, hey, we need to fill out this book. Let's talk about all the information. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it didn't feel as much as that they were prying and trying to be nosy, yeah. if that makes sense. It was more and just, this is, hey, this is the responsible thing to do is have all this info. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, we all have different personalities and different family dynamics, but but people can change. And I like to tell people that, that my dad, <laughs> my dad was an accountant and he was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly not only tight with his money, but private with his money mm-hmm. and wouldn't talk about money at all other than you need to save money. You know, watch your pennies, yeah. let the dollars take care of themselves. Yeah. But but otherwise, he never talked about how much money he made. And it was a secret in in my family where, where if, if kids, we don't were, talk kids were around, it. we don't talk about it. You don't ask other people what they make. We don't talk about what we make. It's like, okay, okay. Well, when I was in high school, we're out buying a car and my dad's in with the finance guy and, you know, filling out all the forms. The finance guy finally looks at him and says, and Mr. Barnes, I need to know how much money you make. My dad looks at him and says, how much do I need to make to buy this car? <laughs> I'm, I'm just there kind of wide eyed. And the man gives him a number and my dad says, that's how much I make. Write that down. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. We go home it's before cell phones back in the 80s. We go home and my dad picks up the phone and calls the lady who works for him at the office and says, somebody's going to be calling you asking how much money I make. Tell them this. <laughs> I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> anyway, I'm telling you this so because, because things can change. My dad now gives my sister and I basically a, a comprehensive quarterly report, a quarterly report yeah. <laughs> where all his money is. And, and just to prove, he says, look, I, I've got enough to take care of mom. So, so this is good. We, 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 we've saved well. And uh, yeah, we lost a little money, a little money this week in the stock market, but look at this, here we go. And I'm like, yes, you don't have to go to that extreme dad, but it's good to know that you have the money to, to, to pay for mom. So my sister and I don't have to worry about it. And like, okay, things are good, but people can change. So don't mm-hmm. just because things were a certain way when you were younger, mm-hmm. don't expect that it always has to be like that. Mm-hmm. Good point. I love the resource. I love taking the pressure off. I love the tool nature of it. And like, I also like the point where you said it's a gift, mm-hmm. you know? So, so maybe, you know, you, you, you talk about it and somebody, maybe not the adult kid gives it to the folks. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the neighbor, maybe it's the best friend, mm-hmm. well, but I think we have to be clever about this because we have to prepare for mm-hmm. aging, for the well, potential of stroke and neurologic condition, dementia, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. 
What yeah. we like to tell people is that, is that most, and I know not all, but most parents want to do anything they can to make things better for their kids. I know we do, and and that that's that's a gift that we can give to to any of our kids is that we can make their life better if you make sure that we have a will and a power of attorney, that you have all this information about us, that you know where our money is, that you know where our insurance policy is, that you know all these things. And yeah, it sounds kind of burdensome, but it's going to make your life better mm -hmm. because when when something happens to us, whatever it may be, you're set. You know how to take care of us. You know the information that you need. Mm -hmm. And you can know the steps that need to be taken. And so many people don't have that. And and they'll have parents who say, oh, I'm not going to sign a will because you're just trying to take all my money. It's like, no, mm -hmm. trying to make things better for mm -hmm. all of us by doing something like that. Same with the power of attorney. Same with any of this mm -hmm. is that it makes life better for everyone, but especially for the kids. Mm -hmm. And it's not the fact that we're trying to be nosy. No. It's more of a let us let us be prepared. And the, the challenge is that there are some families, of course, that have that maybe have a kid that might take advantage of the parent and, you know, things like that. So I, I know that there's some families where this can be a little bit harder than others. Sure. But it's looking at in our situation, how do we appeal to our parent just that we're just trying to help them and we want to make sure that we're set up for success in being able to do that. Yeah. Wonderful. So let's pivot a little bit and talk about the other resources as well as the support part of parenting aging parents. We have a support group that we that we run every other Thursday evening, which is which is great for people that just need a safe place to ask some questions, share you know, share some of the things that they've learned or just sort of listen. And if nothing else, sometimes it can just make you feel good to know that, okay, other people are going through similar things. So you don't, I'm not crazy. I am this challenge, whatever, you know, other people are going through that as well. And I think the, the, the benefit of the, the community is the fact that there is that collective wisdom that we can share insights, experiences, ideas, support, empathy, you know, that kind of thing. And then, you know, a lot of what we've also found too, is that one of the things that we really noticed as we were starting to do a lot of the interviews is that there are so many resources, services, providers that can help us. But as the adult child, you don't know what they're called. You don't even know what exists mm -hmm. or what you would sit down to Google. So it's really trying to look for ways of how can we connect people to those the, those other those people that, that are in the industry that might be able to help them and, and give them the insight and the specific thing that they need help with where somebody else might not need. Yeah, because looking for a place to live is a prime example. When, when my sister and I started looking for memory care places, I had an idea that maybe there would be somebody that could help us, mm. but I figured it would cost hundreds if not thousands of dollars. Like, okay, here's a company that says they can help us pick the best memory care place for mom, but how much are we gonna have to pay them? Mm -hmm. Who knew that it's, it, it's free? You go to, to mo most of these senior care yeah, advisors yeah. and it doesn't cost you anything. The, the place who who signs you up, who gets the lease, they pay pay them, so they do make money, but you don't have to pay anything. So knowing something like that, you know, you, I would still want to be involved. I still want to pick where my mom's going to live, but if you tell me ahead of time, yeah, don't go there. They have a bad reputation. Don't go there. Their meals are terrible, whatever it may be. But they're just going to you know, yeah, narrow they, it down. They narrow down to where right. instead of looking at four, we only looked at two. Mm -hmm. It makes my life easier. Mm -hmm. And again, it wouldn't have cost a thing, but I had no idea because I've never been through it. So I didn't know, I did, I've, I've never had the experience and I didn't know who to talk to about it. Mm -hmm. So because of that, you know, we feel alone and it's like, oh, I don't know what to do. And you feel like you have to figure it out on your own. Yes. Yeah. 
I worked in home health for a huge part of my career mm -hmm. and we didn't have these kinds of senior care advisors back mm -hmm. when I was, I've, I've been in telepractice for nine years. So mm -hmm. probably 15 years prior to that, I did all home care. Yeah. And these families just, they, they struggle to, like you said, know what to call it. Like, I would love to make a list of here's all the terms, you know, what's a nurse navigator or. Working on that, actually. We're working oh, on. Lovely. Yeah. I, I, I figured you probably were. Yes. A little, <laughs> a little dictionary. Well, and I think that, the, and to your point, the fact that we didn't, until we did an interview about physical, you know, home health care, I didn't realize that. You know, if I felt like I, I actually talked to my mom's doctor about, I think that she's having, you know, she could use some benefit, she would benefit from some physical therapy to work on her balance. And the doctor agreed. So they ordered home health care to come in and do physical therapy with her, which I wouldn't have thought that you could even do unless you had fallen or broken a hip or had some surgery or that kind of thing. And I would imagine the same as with with speech therapy too, that if there are some issues that you're seeing, okay, mom seems to be having some trouble swallowing all the time, we'll talk to the doctor and see if they can't bring in home health care and that's covered by Medicaid, you know? So again, as the adult child, you've never experienced this yourself. So you don't know that, you know, what might be available to you. It, it's so true. So especially when someone has a chronic condition, mm -hmm. uh, I'm just going to throw out the diagnosis of Parkinson's mm -hmm. because it's a progressive condition. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we would try and empower our families to recognize when is it time to ask the doctor for that new order to get mm -hmm. a tune up. I always called it a tune up and it yeah. doesn't have to be six months of therapy. Sometimes mm -hmm. it could just be a few weeks and make all the difference mm -hmm. keeping that person maintained, maybe even making them better mm -hmm. so that we don't have the fall, the aspiration pneumonia from swallowing, mm -hmm. uh, make sure they can communicate and get their needs met and have conversations and keep that connection with their family, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So I think, alerting families what to look for and know that it's possible. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also knowing that things change. My, my dad liked to laugh that when, when my sister and I approached him about, you really need to move away from, we called it the farm. They lived on six acres, about an hour outside of Dallas, which was fun, especially for the grandkids to go up there, you know, play on the land and play in the barn and do stuff ride like that, ride the tractor. But as my mom was getting worse with her Alzheimer's and dad was having to take her out to eat breakfast, take her out to eat lunch, take her out to eat dinner. It was just tough on him. So we said, you need to look at independent living. And again, he was very agreeable. He said, okay, but he admits to this day that as he said, okay, he pictured the nursing home that my grandfather lived his last couple of years of life after his stroke. And it's completely different between independent living and yeah. a nursing home, mm -hmm. completely different. Mm -hmm. And he didn't realize until he got there and said, wow, this is great. He calls me a month after the move. says, son, this is the best move we've ever made. And you've got to you've got to understand that the times have changed. That that what what you know what I was used to as a kid seeing where my grandfather mm -hmm. lived because he lived he went from an apartment to a nursing home mm -hmm. and there was no in between. There was not. There that are so right. many there are so many steps now. Mm -hmm. So so not only getting your parents used to that, but getting us used to that because mm -hmm. it's not something we may have seen when we were younger. So mm -hmm. so we have to to know how how the world has changed and and, and adapt to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what about the folks that want to stay in their home but need help coming in? Uh, what kind of support is there in your community or, or resources that are available? 
Well, I think some of it is having those frank conversations with your parents to to see if they can if they're able to maintain it. You know, we have one company that we've that we did an interview with that they'll come in and do some of those those adjustments or or do some of those fixes to make the house a little more friendly to somebody who is aging, whether it's railings or things like that. And that can even go in once a month or once a quarter and just check to make sure, okay, are you still able to get around as well? Do we need to consider adding more railings over here? Or are, do we need to change the lighting and, and you know, those kinds of things? So there are services that will help you kind of maintain your home because that's one of the biggest challenges that if you stay in a home, that was one of the reasons why we had really pushed, not pushed, well, kind of, the idea, the idea with my mom of moving to independent living. It did end up being her own idea, mm-hmm. by the way. That's a long story. But 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 part of that reason was besides the fact that she was not able to drive anymore and so she was stuck in her home and once she wasn't really able to use Uber as much anymore it was you know she was stuck there a lot and there wasn't a lot to do but one of the other things that I really noticed is that you know some of that regular maintenance isn't being done at the home and so it's kind of you know it's aging with you and if you don't take good care of it you're you're diminishing the value of your home so that's you know kind of a going down a rabbit trail, but that's, you know, one thing to consider is, you know, if they're going to stay in their home, can they maintain it so that it retains its value? And, you know, if they need more help, well, one, are they open to people bringing in help? Because I've talked to so many people who will say, I just talked to someone this morning who said that her mom and, and the, and man, the man that she lives with, that they feel like, oh, we're taking care of each other. Yet when they go see each other, when they go, when the daughter goes to see them, she's like, yeah, they're not doing a great job of really, he sort of has physical limitations. She has these limitations. And so they're kind of surviving, but they're not necessarily taking good care of each other, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So is it having those conversations about, are you, if you're going to stay at home, are you open to having somebody come in and help you with some of the maintenance and or you know, do you need help with some of the activities that you're doing? Are you not eating well because you don't cook anymore? And so you're just eating yogurt for every meal or that kind of thing. How much help do you need and what can you afford? Mm -hmm. Because if you need 24 seven care and you want to stay at home, Mm -hmm. it can happen, but it's going to cost thousands of dollars. Tens of thousands. A month. Yeah. So, so I think it's, it's, it's looking at reality of what's the situation. How long can we maintain this? What are the benefits of maintaining it? You know, for again, for my mom, the idea of her staying at home and just being sort of stuck there all the time, I I thought that was a terrible idea for her. She loves activity. She loves to play bridge. She loves to exercise. Those kinds of things where staying in her home for her was really not going to help her thrive like it would when she moved to independent living and she can have all of those activities, yeah. people to talk to at her disposal yeah. any time of the day. Isolation is probably one of the biggest issues. I mean, there's a lot of issues with aging or with any of these neurologic type of diagnoses. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that you have the support group to help kind of combat that isolation, but also giving practical tips and sharing experience. And you guys have such a breadth of resources. And now Mm -hmm. that you're reaching people in all 50 states, your list of resources for people in those states or knowing the term to Google 
yes. to get help. I know the company, I, I'm pretty sure I know the company you're talking about, about helping people age in place and maintaining their home. Mm -hmm. uh, but they also offer, I forget what they call it, a senior care advisor kind of a thing that can be another set of eyes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the house. And whether you're an adult child dealing overseeing the care of your mom who maybe has initial memory issues or has had a, maybe a mild stroke or mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, we have professionals that we can lean on to really help us know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our folks won't tell us what they'll tell yes. somebody else. Yes. Yes. And so I think some of it is knowing your per parents' personality, because there are some that will say, I don't want an outsider coming in. I don't want a stranger coming in and helping me. But then I think there are others who would almost, like you said, would rather have a straight, not a stranger, but you know, somebody that's vetted and everything and is right. But, but they would rather have somebody, an outsider coming in because that way their kid doesn't, their, their, their child isn't having to bathe them or whatever it is, you know? Right. So I think it, it can, it, that's where the personalities really come back into play as far as knowing what's going to be, what's going to appeal to that parent because everyone, everyone is a little bit different. So many times there's a, a pride factor or a lack of mm -hmm. embarrassment or, or too much embarrassment. However mm -hmm. you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. My dad, it took him two years after, after I started noticing, my sister started noticing, my kids even started noticing that, that, that their grandmother was forgetting things and mm -hmm. didn't have the memory she used to have. It took him two years before he admitted it. And my dad finally said, yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, but mom's not remembering things. Like, <laughs> yeah, dad, yeah, <laughs> we got we, it. We know that. So you know, it, it's hard for it's hard for all of us. No, no matter how old we are, it's hard for all of us to admit we need help. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I need help. I, I can't live at home anymore. I need to live in independent living, or I can't live in independent living anymore. I need to live in assisted living. It's hard for for mm -hmm. all of us to to acknowledge mm -hmm. that sometimes and open ourselves up to the fact that that help is needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before we wind up today, do you have any takeaway messages that you would give to people that are not yet in your community, whether they join your community, whether it's a membership or just lurking on the Facebook page, like so many of us like to do, yeah. what tips would you give families? I think it's starting those conversations and it's starting to think about what are the things I can be doing or we can be doing now that will hopefully make things easier. It's much easier to have a hypothetical conversation with your parents about, you know, what would you like to do if you're not able to live at home anymore? Or, you know, what are the options? You know, what, what would your desires be? It's easier to have those conversations when it's just sort of like, Hey, just, brainstorming here or, Hey, I just watched this interview and it was brought up a lot of questions that I, we've never talked about, you know, maybe we should. So I think it's, it's, it's using opportunities where you can to start having these conversations and start <laughs> gathering that information. And I mean, frankly, making sure that we know that legally we've got all that taken care of, I think is so important because I do think that as we get, as we, the adult child gets older, you know, we maybe still have young kids at home or have kids very much still involved in the day-to-day. -day. We have jobs. We are trying to help our parents and do, you know, maybe have a friend or two, you know, in there as well. And so I think it's, it's being, it's thinking about the more prepared I am, the better I'm going to be able to continue to balance all of those things when stuff happens. And of course, something like a stroke, you can't predict that. You can't, you can't really prepare for that 
you can't prepare for that because it just happens. But if you have all of the extra stuff taken care of, when something like that happens, you can you can address the crisis at hand, but you're not having to do all of this other stuff at the same time. And I think that you know, especially for for companies to think about as well, is the better prepared their employees are before something happens, the better they'll be able to do their job and continue the work that they do, even when stuff happens. You know, maybe you need to take a couple of days off, but you're not taking three weeks, three months off because I'm having to figure out all of this stuff at once. Yeah. And knowing that there are so many services and providers who can help you if you need it. Yeah. Communication is the key. Yeah. It's something that I think a lot of us lack that we don't communicate well enough, whether it's with our, our spouse, our father, our mother, our, our siblings, whatever it may be, we have to communicate just so that we know what's going on, how we can get help, how we can help each other. But the, the other thing that I've really learned from this, and it's mainly because of, of my mom and what I've gone through with her, with her, her Alzheimer's getting worse and worse and worse, is that I read something about a year ago that that you can't get upset about what's missing. Mm -hmm. You can't get all upset about that and, and, and get down in the dumps about that. You have to love what's still there. And doesn't matter whether it's Alzheimer's or anything else, mm -hmm. but love what's still there. You still have your parent. You can still enjoy X or Y or Z with them. You know, when I go to visit my mom, I go about once a month to go up to the Dallas area to, to see both of them, but to, to go visit my mom in memory care. And while, when I walk in, the first thing I have to say is, hi, mom, it's me, Mike, your son, which is weird because she's been my only mom. I'm her only son, so she should know me. But I have to say that. And she usually gives me a, a look like this and says, I don't recognize you or who are you or well, what are you doing here? You know, that type of thing where it's, it's just not fun, but I have to warm her up and I have to get her laughing and get her smiling about things, even though she doesn't remember anything to talk about, but I have to bring up things mm -hmm. to, to get her smiling. And I have to love that. And I do. I love every visit I, I do with her. I make with her. It turns into a good visit because I'm able to get her to smile and I'm able to appreciate that and not walk away upset because she doesn't remember me or anything that's happened over the last 55 years with me. But we just had a good time together and I have to appreciate that. I That was a great example and it can apply to stroke just yeah. as easily. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so many times in, in the communities that I work with, family and friends and neighbors, they don't come around because they don't know how to talk. Right. They don't know how to bridge that gap of communication. Yeah. But I love how you said, and I'm going to go back and pull the quote, love them for what, wait, what'd you say? Love them for where <laughs> they are or what they can do or. Oh, don't worry about what's missing. Love what's still there. Love what's still there. I think that's awesome. Thank you both so much for coming on. I will link to your Facebook page and to the website, encourage folks to get your resource so they can be better prepared and give that gift of preparedness. And if we approach it from love, maybe we'll be more successful. Hope so. Yes. Yeah. Thanks thank you so much. And everybody, thank you for being here. I got to find my right button and we're out. Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. 
wishing you a fabulous week.